Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my very excellent and always great friend, Father Richard Heilman. And tonight we've got Xavier Eral with us, a brilliant, truly brilliant Frenchman. Brilliant. Brilliant. And he's going to share with us amazing insight. We are very serious about this, about the importance of why it is so urgent that we convert now. And we're serious about this. There's so much in the air right now, everybody. You know it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching this podcast. And October's coming, and there is talk of something serious in October. And we're not just trying to hype this up. This is not about drama. This is about some very serious uh, you know, signs of the times and revelations that we need to be taking seriously to heart. So we definitely want to be looking at the importance of really getting our house in order with God. And so let's take that seriously tonight. Of course, everything begins with prayer. And Father, we always turn that over to you. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Michael the Angel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. Appreciate that. And of course, we always thank everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force podcast. We cannot do this without you, your prayers, your encouragement, and yes, your financial support through the Patreon program. You can click the link in the description below. That helps us out tremendously. And we've been bringing you some pretty serious messages lately. Now, you know, Father and I, we try to keep a bit of a light sense of humor where we can, but the messages are still very important. But we're trying to, trying to express a certain joy because there is a joy in really understanding that no matter what the trials and tribulations are, if we're in tune with God, if we're staying close to our Blessed Mother and our Lord Jesus, and we're spending time in prayer, praying that rosary, fasting, getting to confession, all these very critical pieces, receiving our Lord in Holy Eucharist, the Holy, Commun Holy Communion at the Mass, we are, we, we, are, we are children of God to be filled with joy, even in the midst of the trials. And that's really what we're trying to express here. However, with all that being said, we know there's there's trouble out there. And you could say very, very much on the horizon, things are going to most likely be getting even more troubling. We want to stay close to God. We don't want to lose sight of that. So we thank all of you for your support in helping us get this message out to as many people as possible. Please like this, share it, subscribe, get the word out. These podcasts are very powerful ways to get this message to a lot of people out there who might be just wondering, thinking, you know what? I wonder if there's something in these times. And a guest like we have tonight, uh, brilliant Frenchman, brilliant Frenchman, Xavier Aral is with us. And we're very thrilled to have you on, Xavier. Thank you so much for joining us on the U.S. Grace Force. Good evening, Doug. Good evening, Father. And thank you ever so much for your very kind invitation. Yeah, well, it's it's great. We we just got to know you. I know I called you. In fact, earlier today, uh, your name came very highly recommended. And uh, it's just you were so generous to take my call and so generous to be willing to come on so quickly. So we appreciate, again, all of that. You are in the States. Uh, you married an American woman is what you said. That's uh, that's great. Is everything y'all getting along very well now? Uh, Frenchman and an American woman? <laughs> oh, but of course, the, the Americans <laughs> and the French are renowned to be brothers of arms uh, since great. the Marquis de Lafayette and uh, Rochambeau. And to um, the, uh, the the Yankees who came in uh, 1917 to join us, and in later in 1944, mm. I have an uncle who fought with General de Gaulle under his orders since 1940, and then uh, the sight of the Americans in 1944. So the French and Americans 
are indeed brothers of arms. And, and you are not- from, you're from uh, Normandy, so you were right there by in the area where where the uh, landing took place in World War II on June sixth. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And, and I have a relic. Uh, I have a relic of the True Cross that was rescued right near there, the mm. Bombed Out Castle near Normandy. Yes. Yeah, my brother-in-law's dad, he was in the Normandy invasion, went inland and found himself in a Bombed Out Castle. And then I'm going to try to make a long story short, but he didn't know what he had. He just knew it was sacred for some reason and then found out when he got back home. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Wait a minute, Xavier, can you teach me how to get that accent? <laughs> uh, of course, it's very easy. <laughs> I, I want to see the French. I want to see you work the French so accent. Awesome. Can you work the French accent in with the Wisconsin accent, Father? Yeah. You're no hair. Hey, you're no <laughs> How am I doing? Uh, not very well. I'm sorry okay. to say, Father. We'll work that, at sounds it. English. We'll work. that sounds very English, not French. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we've got we've got a very interesting topic tonight, and and you know the audience might be wondering: Is this you know this is not what's termed as clickbait? We're very serious about this topic, this title about the importance of converting, and the reference to October. Now, I do want to make this disclaimer: Father and I, and I know Xavier, you feel the same. We're not trying to say that we know exactly what's going to happen. We're not trying to pinpoint anything. We just. We know that there are many messages and and you are going to help us shed you're going to help shed light on the fact that we've got church approved apparitions fatima akita um you know cabejo we've got amazing apparitions where our blessed mother has been bringing the warnings very clearly to the world of the urgency of conversion but there have been current um, alleged messages coming from different sources and many signs of the times in fact that there's something very serious potentially right around the corner as soon as possibly even October. And I would say this to everybody, whether we see it clearly immediately or not, I want to remind everybody what happened in 2019 when on October 6th, Sister Agnes Sasagawa receives a message from an angel saying to put on sackcloth and pray a rosary of repentance. And no one recognized specifically what was going on, but that was at the beginning of the Amazonian Synod where the Pachamama false idol was brought into the church And right at that time, we had problems in Wuhan. And then within a few months over here in the States, we started to hear these these conversations from politicians about this virus that was starting to break out. And we were told by many, even on the left, that this wasn't a problem. You could still go shopping and dining in different places, and it wasn't going to be a problem. And then by March or so of that 2020 year, we had this explosion of problem and then lockdowns and everything else. But that originated back in that October so, you know, Xavier, I know, you know, with that- Can, can I chime of, in real quick? Real absolutely. Quick. I just want, I, I want to just build on what you were just saying there in that what we discovered, I th- and I think we knew this before, but but we discovered it to the nth degree, if you will, that uh, people who are tuned in, and I like to use that expression, but what do I mean by tuned in? They're well connected to the divine life, right? They're in a state of grace. Those are the ones that w- we're seeing what's going on and are seeing what's going on and are going, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you kind of, you, you kind of know what evil's up to and you kind of see what God's doing at the same time. You see, you're, 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 you're tuned into that deeper supernatural life. And, uh, and I think that's, 
and I, I'm guessing that's our listeners too, our, our the people who are watching the, this podcast is, you know, they're sensing something's on the horizon and because they're tuned in. It just, there's a building up that's coming. And and again, that's why we were uh, so excited to have you on, Xavier, because you're very tuned in and, you, and you've been looking and helping us to understand what God's up to, what the Blessed Mother's been up to, what, and, and in the midst of what the devil's been up to so severely in these last two and a half years, you know. So anyways, that's what I wanted to just chime in with. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, well, I would say, Xavier, I, I asked you before we started the podcast, if you had one really key message that you would want to get out, what would it be? And this is where we came up with the title is about converting now, that the right. times are urgent. Can you can you kind of address, if we can just start off, let's, let's just go right into that. Why the sense of urgency now? I mean, we've heard it for many years, but you you also believe with your research and your prayer life and such, this sense that it's even really like capital letter now can you uh explain a little bit of that why you feel that way yes um i believe the following we are right now living in a point of references in the future books of history in the same manner that in 1917 in the course of world war one heaven thought adequate to send the blessed virgin mary to that obscure little village of Portugal called Fatima. Today the Virgin Mary is reappearing again and again and again, this time in the four corners of the world, echoing the same message. It's a message, I would say, of hope, extraordinary hope, but it's an admonition of the utmost importance. And this admonition is this, convert now. While there is still time, for the events that are to come and with ha which have been instigated by the sins of man and by a society that has become devoid of God is running to its perdition, convert principally through this, the living, the reading and living of Holy Scriptures, the reading and the living of the Gospels of the New Testament, of Catechism, particularly that issued in 1992 at the, upon the orders of His Holiness John Paul II. Leave the Holy Sacraments of the Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church, the only church which, contrary to other denominations, has been founded by our Lord Jesus Christ upon St. Peter. And when I mentioned, or rather when heaven mentions, leaving the sacraments of the Holy Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church, I refer particularly to the importance of going through confession, preferably once a month, especially on the first Saturdays of every month, and to convert, to repent with all your heart, with all sincerity. This is being asked through the imploring and loving voice of a mother who wants only the well-being of, of her children. Then the Virgin asks as well to convert principally through the holy sacrament of the altar, if you can, every day. If not, at least every Sunday, while believing that it is not a symbol, not a commemoration of the Last Supper, but rather the true body and blood 
soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what's more, the Virgin Mary, or rather heaven, through the Virgin Mary, asks that it is no, that we receive always confession properly prepared before receiving the Holy Eucharist. Unlike what we hear more and more from Rome, it is not enough to have a heart that wishes to get close to church or to God or to have good feelings to receive the body of Christ. No. And this is found as well in the teachings of St. Paul. If you want to receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, you must receive him properly prepared. That is to say, if you suspect having committed a great wrong, possibly a mortal sin, then in order to avoid a sacrilegious communion, you must first ask to receive the sacrament of confession first. Then, and only then, are you to receive the body of Christ, not before. Those are the keys. That's the cornerstone of salvation. That's the one of the principal messages that heaven is sending humanity through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Lastly, to make a brief analogy, the message of the Virgin Mary since La Salette in 1846, September to be precise, September the 19th, if memory serves, 1846, till the very latest, which has been approved, which I believe is Akita in 1980, is this. Humanity driving at 250 kilometers per hour in a motor car, running straight to a cement wall. The Virgin May appears to humanity saying, my son has sent me to ask you to turn the wheel 45 degrees while there is still time. If you don't, you will go to your perdition. This is the same thing. La Salette, Tilly in Normandy, formally approved by the local bishop. La Fraudet, informally approved by uh, her local bishop. Fatima, formally approved by the local bishop of Fatima. Um, there were others, Banneux, Bohin in Belgium, formally approved by the local bishop. Um, Betania in Venezuela, formally approved. San Nicolas in Argentina, formally approved. Kibejo, formally approved in Rwanda. Soufanier, formally approved. Akita, formally approved. The messages are the same. Pray for the church. Pray for the Pope. Pray for those who fall victim to the traps of the enemy, who fall victim to the seduction of pride, seduction of money, pleasures, social positions, and pray for those who commit even apostasy. This is no longer a show of ordinary importance. This is not a living room conversation discussed around a coffee table with a cup of coffee on your hands. This is truly an urgent message that all your auditors are listening, not from me, but rather through the Blessed Virgin Mary, who has been chosen as the primary messengers in our times by heaven. Humanity will be going through events in its history which has never been seen before. To begin with La Salette in 1846, the secrets, which by the way, 
Remarkably enough, after having been formally approved by the Archdiocese of Grenoble in 1850 and confirmed sometimes thereafter by the Dicasterium of the Doctrine of the Faith in the Vatican, remarkably enough, because the secrets of La Salette were not convenient or good to hear by the clergy, by the Catholic Church, and even by the political regime of the time and of ours, was purposely hidden by the Archbishop of Grenoble through an iron box which was sealed with the seal of the Archdiocese of Grenoble, only to be found by accident years later under the dusty carpet of forgetfulness deep inside the depths of the Vatican's library by sheer accident by a French abbot called Abbot Courteville remarkably enough, was the assistant of well-renowned Mariologian Father René Laurentin, a man I had the great privilege, I would say even honor, to have worked with for about eight years and more. Mm. Uh, the Americans used to call Father René Laurentin the Marian Jacques Cousteau. He even looked like Jacques Cousteau <laughs> and even dressed like him. Before you get into the apparitions, which I can't wait, can I interject real quick? Yeah. Because um, I'm listening to you and we're talking about these apparitions that say convert, convert. Mm -hmm. And right away, I think that if we're not careful, and you named it pride, because that's that's usually the big one, the most common one that we get caught in, is that uh, we, we might automatically think, well, we hope those atheists convert, or we hope those Protestants or whatever, you know, those other people over there. And, and it made me think, and, and I, I looked up the quote, he was speaking um, in the need for a new evangelization, but Pope Benedict XVI put it this way, the true problem of our times is the crisis of God, the absence of God, and here it is, disguised by an empty religiosity, okay? I mean, the conversion needs to start with me, and then it needs to be in our church, okay, um, that, you know, are we just feeding the flesh? Are we just going about our way, uh, accepting the new normal that sin is okay? Are we, um, and this has become common in most churches that, and, and I actually stopped doing communal penance services because I, I thought this fed the problem, but people go into confession maybe once a year or twice, you know, as if that's meant for other people than me, that's pride, right? And, and so um, the need for conversion is within the walls of our own church. That's where that's where it's got to start. And that's, and remember I said new evangelization. You know, why aren't we attracting more souls to the church? Well, because I think we have this watered down, this lukewarm uh, I think I'm my ticket's punched to heaven. I can go about with my normal sins and I'm okay because I don't have to I don't have to uh, prove to God that I love him and all, everything that we've been uh, kind of indoctrinated into believing over all these years. And, and I point you know, especially to the last 50 or 60 years that that all of this came in and it made us weak. And and then I feel like these apparitions are saying, okay, convert. But that means we, those who are actually within the walls, get strong. 
then things will start to happen. Then people will be attracted to that because look at that strength. Look at the joy. Look at the love, the peace. Look what they're radiating because, you know, they're going to confession. You said at least once a month. Uh, I know people that go once a week, um, but they want, because they believe in the supernatural power of God. They believe in a state of grace. So um, I just want to interject that. Can, can you give me a little bit about what you think about that? I couldn't have said it better. You, you said it brilliantly, Father. Um, the conversion comes with us. Indeed, it comes yeah. from us. But I would say it comes within an entire society, a society which has forgotten God, a society that doesn't that prefers to rely on itself, on technology, on its self-assurance, on its egoism, egoism. Uh, rather than on uh, divine providence, on its faith of God, on the teachings that Christ came 2,000 years ago to bring forth to a church which I regret to say has become mute and has only orbited around one notion, that of being popular and gathering as many faithful as possible instead of giving them the charity, the instruments to convert. Yes. Unfortunately, the sermons, and how many times have I heard that? The sermons that are being given on Sundays are ever so, I shouldn't generalize, but in their grand majority, ever so tasteless. There is no, they're fade. Uh, no one, no, hardly any priest talks about the reality of not only heaven and hell, but about purgatory. It's a tremendous hope for those who've committed sin. According, for example, uh, to Revelations, no, in the book of Agbi. Clearly, the reality of um, uh, purgatory is clearly stated there, giving hope to those who have committed sins to gain paradise. For indeed, all the souls that go to purgatory will one day be saved. They are blessed souls. For instance, who knows how many of your viewers and or auditors know of the treasure, which is the uh, the scapula of Mont Carmel. Mm. No, the Virgin Mary appeared, yes, incredibly as it may sound, to an English monk, as Saint Simon Stock. No, I say English because God, in His infinite mercy, had to choose sometimes some Englishmen to be saints. <laughs> yes, Mark Veno. But so the Virgin appeared to Saint Simon Stock with the child Jesus and the brown scapulas, clearly stating, All those who will pass away in faith, wearing on their person the sacramental of the brown scapula, will never suffer the fires of hell. It's an extraordinary, and I mean extraordinary, treasure. Whoever speaks of it, ever so few. And what's more, what very even fewer people know, is that if you meet all the criteria which comes with the message brought forth by the Virgin May, if you live in a certain state, in accordance to the station of your life, married or not married, you will be released from purgatory on the first Saturday after your death. That's a treasure that hardly anyone talks about. Yes, there yes. are other things. The Virgin clearly yes. has come to bring to the attention of humanity through prophecy, mm -hmm. like in Fatima. Clearly, that if humanity does not convert through prayer, particularly for the Holy Prayer of the Holy Rosary, among others. Mass, no? 
adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, and so on and so forth. She said in 1917, if humanity does not convert in time and returns to my son, there will be a second world war worse than this one. If humanity does not return to my son, Russia will spread her errors. This was clearly under conditional tense. Mm. I'm forced to wonder, years after the end of World War II and after the end of the Cold War, what on earth would have happened if the church would have started a true crusade, echoing again and insisting on every mass to the faithful to pray the Holy Rosary, to convert the way the Virgin taught us through the children of Fatima by going to confession every first Saturday of every month? Yeah. Maybe Adolf Hitler would have stopped before the taking over of the Oslos in Austria and the taking over of Czechoslovakia. Zebra, can I interject one more time? I'm sorry. But, By all uh, means, carry we're on. talking about first Saturday, and it just made me think. And I wanted, I wanted to talk real quick uh, earlier in this podcast. Um, but you talked about the brown scapular. I just enrolled. I'm in a new parish, and I brought a bunch of brown scapulars on July 16th, and I got them all enrolled. It was, it was great. And I told people, hey, you, you might have been enrolled when you were a kid, but if you're like me, you forgot, you know. So I had hordes <laughs> of people come up. We got them all enrolled in brown scapular, but. Uh, you, you talked about First Saturday, and that made me think, this year, October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of Rosary, originally Our Lady of Victory from the Battle of Lepanto, is landing on First Saturday. And here we are, we're talking about something's coming, and it happens to land on First Saturday in, in this October. I think that's significant. And, and so uh, the reason I, I want to talk about that is because we are having a ro rosary coast to coast. Now you can go to rosarycoasttocoast.com and if you have two or more people, you're going to get outside, you're going to pray the rosary together precisely at 3 p.m. Central Time and you can figure out what, what you are from there. But but we're, it's going to be led by the National Rosary Rally on the grounds of the nation's capital. And, and uh, we'll put a, a, a link to all this below. But I want to alert people because we want people to come, we want people to go outside. If they can't get to Washington, do that. But here's how badly I want you to come to Washington. I'm going to give the first 500 people that show up in Washington to pray with us a combat rosary. And you know what else I'm going to give them? I'm going to give them a, a vial of holy water, but it's epiphany water that was exercised and blessed by Father Chad Ripper, the very uh, well-known exorcist. And blessed salt that was exercised, blessed by him. But here's the other thing that made me think about it too. They're also going to get the green scapular. Now, this is powerful too, because you might not be able to get someone to wear a brown scapula that needs a conversion, right? I'm not wearing that. I'm, I'm not, I don't believe in God. Well, here's what the green scapular is, is that you can put this unknowingly where a person is. I had a friend who put it under his girlfriend's car seat. And she was a wild feminist, anti God, and all of a sudden she's going to church. Okay, and these, this particular one and the ones I'm going to give out were touched to 165 relics of saints, and so very, very powerful. Join us October 7th in Washington D.C., and we're going to uh, we're going to process our Lord in the Holy Eucharist, the Fatima statue. And we're going to meet on the grounds of the nation's capital. And please plan to join us for that. But if we ever needed to pray, now's the time to pray. So if you can't get to Washington, D.C., join us for Rosary Coast to Coast. 
Okay, that's my little infomercial. I wanted to interject before we go too long here. Doug, what, what do you want to? Yeah, well, Xavier, I'd like if we could break it down a little bit for people. I mean, the the case that you just made from the messages of Our Lady and the importance of conversion and and the urgency of it. And and I love Father, you added that piece about that it's got to start with us. We can't just be looking at, you know, others out there. Well, they don't go to church and they're not going to confession. They're the ones that have to convert. It's got to start with a deeper conversion of us, even when I say us, those who are trying to go to you know mass faithfully. And I mean, I, look, I know I don't have all the bugs worked out in my life. I go to confession every two weeks at least. And, and you know, you go to the confession for the same sins over and over sometimes because you still haven't been able to overcome this or that. And so yes, constant work and constant conversion is necessary for all of us. You speak of the urgency, but the other part of this title is about October. And again, we, we want the audience to understand we are not trying to sensationalize anything. We're not trying to be boy that cries wolf either. That is not it. I do want to make a point too, and maybe Xavier, you can comment on this as well with the question I'm going to ask you about October. I know people have said, well, anytime dates and things like this get thrown out, that's an automatic, you know, kick it out of the, out of, out of the room. It doesn't, it's not good. But I would say, there was a time when those three little children in Fatima told people that there will be a great miracle worked on October 13th when Mary appears. They set a date because Our Lady said she would do it, and it happened. So you, there is, there are, there is some precedent to timing, if you will. And so we've got a lot of alleged messages out there right now. And I say alleged because I know that there are people out there who are currently claiming to be seers and visionaries and locutionists and such. And, and there's a lot of validity with a lot of what they've been saying in different ways. Can you speak at least generally to October? And, and I know that some of this is got to be, you know, you've got to wade through it carefully because some things you're not at liberty to talk about in detail, but what can you say about October and maybe what might be coming afterwards to give people a sense of both awareness but also hope because we definitely are not trying to put a podcast out like this to try to scare people. We're simply trying to state that heaven is the one that's giving us these messages through our lady. I would always say that Mary does not come to the world of her own power. She only comes and relays the messages that, that the heart of her son wants to be relayed to given to the world. Um, but can you speak to that and the importance of what October might be bringing something that, that would give people some, some credible understanding of it? Yes. Uh, if you want, I propose the following. Um, I will tell you briefly as an answer to your question about October and where it came from and what is to happen. Okay. As well, immediately thereafter, uh, very quickly, as quickly as I can, I will try to resume the overall prophecies given in La Salette, approved apparition site in France, La Frode, approved apparition site in France, Tilly, approved apparition site in France. La Frode has been informally approved. The other two have been formally approved. And also uh, Akita and Fatima, which um, involves the second half of the third secret of Fatima, which to this day has not been publicly revealed until uh, His Eminence Cardinal Taviani did so, and until His Eminence Cardinal Ratzinger, Prefect of the Doctrine of the Faith in 1980, revealed it to His Excellency Bishop Ito, uh, Bishop of Akita. And I will explain that very as quickly as I can. Is that all right with you? Yes, yes please. please. Yes. So here we go. Uh, first, before we proceed, 
I agree, this is not to frighten the overall message of the Versionary. So this approved apparition site is a message of hope. For at the end, the version has promised the triumph of a immaculate heart. And through the triumph of a immaculate heart, the triumph of the sacred heart of his son, Jesus Christ. Mm. October of this year is supposed to be uh, the beginning, the first chapter of tribulation that has been foretold in apparition places such as uh, La Frode, Philly, and unapproved but uncondemned as well, apparition sites such as Garabandal, and also other apparition sites which have been approved like in Akita. I've just returned a few weeks ago from Quebec, where uh, a certain uh, French-Canadian priest of the name of Michel Rodrigue, Father Reverend Father Michel Rodrigue, uh, is living today. Reverend Father Rodrigue has been uh, lately subject to a controversy which has been cleared, uh, principally, I would say, thanks uh, to John Henry Weston, thanks to Mrs. Uh, Monique Turnbull from uh, uh, Mother and Refuge, thanks to Mrs. Christine Bacon and others who were kind enough to hear uh, what uh, Father Michel Rodrigue has been stating. Mm -hmm. Father Michel Rodrigue, and it's very clear, often I read in the comments, um, has not been condemned at all, nor disavowed. The only statement, and I know because I've been to Quebec, the only statement that the local bishop of Amos declared was that he does not approve, um, does not recognize the authenticity as of yet, as of yet, of the apparitions and messages brought forth to Reverend Father Michel Rodrigue. No, but he, there's been no informal investigation. And please do pay attention to this. Father Michel Rodrigue has not under any condition been condemned by his local bishop ever. What's more, there's been no contradiction found in the message brought forth by Father Michel Rodrigue and the deposit of the faith or dogma of the Catholic uh, faith. This is of the utmost importance. And I wish I would have given quite quite a bit for Father Lorenta to have been uh, still living a few more years to purport this subject at hand. For that was the sort of uh, situation he would have loved to have defended, like he did with Mejgoria, which has not been condemned either, uh, and other places. Notwithstanding, according to uh, Reverend Father Michel Rodrigue, who has been seeing our Lord, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and other saints and angels since the age of three, October, and very much like Father Oliveira, who stated as of late the same exact same message, a Brazilian priest who wants to remain anonymous using a pseudonym for a name, Father Oliveira from Brazil, and Father Michel Rodrigue, brought forth the same message from the same source, heaven. October will be the year where the beginning of tribulation will take place. And to the point that the faithful are advised to be prudent in their travels. And if they can, to avoid traveling even by air, preferably to opt to travel through motor cars or trains. October will be a day of the utmost importance. Father Oliveira stated exactly the same thing and even foretold an event, uh, some sort of sign that will be as well during that month worldwide. Furthermore, the prophecies for October, according to said messengers chosen by heaven, 
will see the war in Ukraine deteriorate and spread through its present a theater of conflict. Right now, the theater of conflict is limited to a very limited area of Ukraine, where the Ukrainians have tried ever so desperately since June to make a breach, I regret to say, unsuccessfully. According to these uh, particular mystics, uh, the Russians uh, will retaliate. There will be a surprise against the Ukrainians, and the Ukrainians will finally be forced to withdraw. The war will spread while other theaters in the European continent. Now, that is what um, prophecies brought forth. Likewise, and I spoke to some of the monks who work with Father Michel Rodrigue in his um, uh, monastery in Quebec, who saw him, um, a man somehow broken, swallowing his tears, trying to appear as phlegmatic as he could, failing to do so, because of the shock he felt for having had a vision of the extension of this war and having seen even some uh, nuclear destruction. I don't mean to say that this will happen in October. I merely, merely want to bring to your attention that those messengers such as uh, Father Oliveira, a man of the cloth, and Reverend Father Michel Rodrigue, another man of the cloth, who informally has been asked by two bishops to uh, as well be an exorcist, go execute some exorcism and manage to liberate quantities of people. And this is recorded. This cannot be disavowed because if somebody did, it would be a lie. But these two men of the cloth who are only guilty of one thing and that is to love profoundly, uh, unconditionally Christ, his blessed mother and the church that Christ founded on Peter state the same thing. October will be the first chapter of the beginning of tribulation. Mm. Now, what tribulations are we talking about? And I'll try to go as quickly as I can, beginning with La Salette. In September 19th, 1846, Our Lady of La Salette appeared very, through one single apparition to two visionaries, two young children, two young shepherds from the Fran Franco-Italian Alps named Maximin Giraud and Melanie Calva. In these particular apparitions, the Virgin Mary revealed some secrets involving the Catholic Church, clergy, and the future events which were to take place from that particular period of time till the end of World War III. The events and the revelations brought forth by the Catholic Church are simply shocking. Now, before going forth, I want to remind, although I might sound like an old broken record, that the apparition case of La Salette has been formally approved by the local Archbishop of Grenoble and by the Dicasterium of the Doctrine of the Faith as being worthy of belief. There is no higher approval the Catholic Church can give to an alleged apparition site. Period. Therefore, what does La Salette say? The Virgin Mary, and I'm going to go very fast since the message is somewhat long and detailed, but the big lines are this. The Catholic Church will fall. The seat of Peter, for a very brief period of time, will be occupied by an Antichrist. The Church in Rome will lose, quote, will, quote unquote, lose its faith. The Church, for a very brief period of time, will cease to shine 
that will resurrect, very much like the Passion of our Lord, very much like it is written in Catechism, the Church will have to echo and reflect the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, going through Via Crucis, going through Golgotha, the crucifixion, the burial. But there cannot be a, a resurrection without the crucifixion. There will be a rebirth of the Roman Catholic Church, and it will stand on its fleet gloriously, yet again, uh, with the glory of uh, our fathers and the, its glory of yesteryears. The Church will never be overcome by the Hades, by the powers of hell. It cannot. But you do keep in mind that the Catholic Church is not just Rome or the hierarchy in the Vatican. The Catholic Church is you, Doug. Mm -hmm. It's your father. It is I, my children, your viewers who are watching and listening us, to us. That's the Catholic Church. And we shall not be overcome by hell. Impossible. Simply because our Lord said it so. Therefore, the Church will be eclipsed, but merely eclipsed for a very brief period of time. And the Antichrist will be born at a later stage through an illicit union between a bishop and a Palestinian nun, Hebraic nun. We will stop there on that particular instance. There is another message of La Salette also, which is extraordinary. And that is this. According to Maximin Giraud, these events, which I'm about to reveal to you, were supposed to have taken place towards the end of the 20th century, but re relevant to how well the human race will respond to not just messages but others, this could have been detained all the way to the beginning of the 21st century. That's now. And these events are these. There will be a third world war that will see the destruction of Paris, pulverized, and the destruction of three cities, one of which will be as well the city of Marseille, which will sink in the Mediterranean Sea. However, Heaven will call through divine providence a man that will be entrusted with the mission of restituting the kingdom of France and the papacy, the proper papacy and the proper hierarchy of the Roman Catholic Church. This man will be none other than the son of the quote-unquote the king and queen, and queen martyr of France. In my country, the king and the queen martyr of France are known as their most Christian uh, majesties, Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette. According to La Salette, and later confirmed by Tilly, and later to be confirmed, an approved apparition site, by the way, and yet later to be confirmed by Lafrodès or Marie-Julie Janie, the French stigmatist, informally approved through a letter by his uh, eminence, uh, by his excellency, Bishop Fournier, on June 6th, 1876, this king will indeed be the descendant of Louis XVI and will be coming from the male lining from Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette to the future king, whose name will be Henry V of the Cross, Henri V de la Croix. His mission will be to receive a messenger of a um, privileged soul in France who will come to search for him and take him to France when part of France will be already invaded for a coalition of Russian and Muslim troops that will disembark in south of Italy, south of France, Costa del Sol in España and Andalusia. During this conventional and tactical nuclear war, this French monarch, who will be just a prince until the liberation 
of the city of Reims, where every French king has been crowned before, uh, France will be only partly invaded through a blitzkrieg of sorts. According to Marie-Julie Jeanne, this eastern force will sweep away an army that will have given already all of its weapons and ammunition to a country in disarray. One can only think of Ukraine. Mm. And the NATO forces, according to the same prophecies, will be wiped away until the Russians manage to reach the Rhine River. At that moment, the Muslim coalition will disembark in southern Europe. No, Europe will not be prepared, and neither will the NATO forces. Um, all this has been also um, foretold by another man of the cloth, cloth named uh, Reverend Père Pell, P-E-L, who also foresaw exactly the same thing. He died through a mysterious car accident in the 1960s, if memory serves. No. Mm. So during this invasion, according to Marie-Julie Jeanne, the Russians will pause ever so momentarily in the Rhine River, and then will throw the dice. Why throw the dice? Because in France, there is, beside the Americans, two other nuclear powers. France, with the largest of the two, nuclear arsenal, and England. The Russians knew that things since General de Gaulle, France has always had a politic of dissuasion. Whomever steps on French soil without permission will have, will feel the retaliation of a nuclear strike. And I know it's very hard to believe. It took me a long time to believe as well. The Russians will also cross Austria, northern Italy, and will race to reach Rome before the Muslims do. The Russians will win and will plant their flag on the top of the Dome of Rome. This was also foreseen by mystic Emmerich in a, cent a couple of centuries before then. No. I've spoken to a French general retired years ago about this, uh, this scenario, which again, remind remember, has been partly brought forth by approved apparition sites such as La Salette and Tilly, Tilly being in Normandy, La Salette in the French Alps, and by other places no, as well, as we mentioned before. And he said that today, indeed, such a scenario is quite realistic simply for the fact that of the matter is that today, if countries like France, Germany and England were to fight a conventional war of the likes of that we are witnessing today in Ukraine, France would not be able to resist more than 11 days simply because of lack of ammunition. Hmm. Germany, nine. England, eight. Because of lack of ammunition. Furthermore, the Virgin Mary explained for Marie-Julie Jeanne, that during this war, this would be a chastisement that would be man-made, but that America, the United States, would not be able to come to the rescue of its European allies. And this was for me a tremendous shock, because as we mentioned before the show began, just the three of us, France and the United States, have been true brothers right. of arms since the beginning of your history, even more so than England, and the United States, we were two countries that have never been at war with one another and have always fought side by side since and the birth of your country. And why would the U.S. not be able to or allowed to come to the aid? Exactly. And that's a very good question. Mm -hmm. When I spoke to my friends uh, in the French army, uh, particularly this retired general, which wants to remain anonymous, he explained to me there could be either two reasons. The first one would be because the United States would be either struck very mm. severely, mm. either through a military attack of sorts or natural disasters, or 
It could be that the United States would be involved in another theater of confrontation that would uh, mobilize all of its resources. Right. Could it be China? I wonder. Hmm. So what does prophecy tell us again about the future? Marie-Julie Jani, uh, Akita, Fatima, the second half of the third secret of Fatima. There we go. According to prophecies, these men of providence will come and through a much inferior force will push back the Russians on the eastern side of the Rhine after that the Russians will have commit and the Muslims tremendous ravage in France. The king of Spain will also mobilize his force and throw the Muslims out of Andalusia, Andalusia and La Costa del Sol. The king of Spain will recognize the French king as his cousin and will send a smaller force to his help, to his aid, and will start an invasion and a campaign in Italy, which will last for three years to liberate Italy and to replace, uh, replace again a holy pontiff on the seat of Peter. This war will end up as a success, but in the meantime, before the arrival and the liberation of Rome and the reinstallation of a proper, quote-unquote, angelic pope in Rome, there will be a chastisement of God that will follow upon the earth after there will be a sign in places such as um, Pine Hill in Garabandal and other places as well, where there will be a sign that will be visible by all, but not touchable and not destructible, nor movable. Mm. Then, if humanity does not convert and it appears that it will not, God knows only what the future holds. But there will be a chastisement of so the light has never been seen, particularly translated through the spreading of uh, various diseases and pandemias, one in particular that uh, human medical science will have no answer for. It will be called the burning plague. This plague will be extraordinarily contagious, airborne, and will claim millions of victims throughout the globe. No medical institution will be able to find a cure for it. However, for Marie-Julie Janie, the Blessed Virgin Mary has given yet a remedy, not just spiritual of sorts, but also for the body, which must be taken in faith. I will explain how it goes. And again, this was for me a very difficult subject to accept. It seemed to me very Hollywood sort of script. But then I realized through friends in France, Mariologian who used to work with Father Lorata and others, that indeed, if we are to accept approved apparition sites as they are, we cannot filter what is inconvenient from what is convenient. Therefore, the message of the Virgin Mary says this, and all the details are in my book. But I'm, I'm sorry, um, Xavier, Xavier, let me interrupt for just a moment. Everything that you just explained about the war and the progression of the details, all of that has been prophesied then by formally approved either mystics or, or apparition sites? Is, is, is that a summarization of it? The Third World War, the destruction of Paris and of Marseille, and the Third World War has been approved formally, has been brought forth through La Salette, formally approved by the Catholic Church and the local bishop, and by Tilly, formally approved by the local bishop and the Archbishop and the, the Casterium of the Doctrine of the Faith in Rome. Uh, La Frodem has been only informally approved through a letter by His Excellency Bishop Fournier, uh, but not formally so. He didn't know how to proceed forward. But Lafrode has been supported by His Holiness um, Pope Leo XIII and later by Pius XII uh, before he became 
a pope and after he became a pope. The, I just want to interject real quick. Um, so, yes, uh, these things uh, have been prophesied um, through these apparitions, but it could be in the year 2700. I mean, but what we're saying today is, you know, there's signs that things are percolating and you just never know. Is that because we're not, there's no, there's no approved apparition, in other words, that says it's going to happen in 2024, for instance, right? Um, it's it, it, nothing, nothing approved that that is setting a date for this. Am I right about that? Actually, remarkably enough, Frula Frodes was a French uh, um, mystic who was also a stigmatist, no, appro informally approved by the local bishop. And incre incredible two messages of our Lord gave remarkable clues as to dates of these events that are yet to come. And by the way, a brief parenthesis before I go into that. It is good to know that all the prophecies, I repeat, all the prophecies brought forth and echoed by Marie Julie Jeannie since 1871 until today, which were supposed to have taken place, have all taken place to a sheer and frightening, astonishing precision. Mm. There's been no mistakes so far. And I'll go into some examples. But in regard to the... the your I, just, point, I just want us to be careful because I've seen other people who have you know, said, this is going to happen on this date, and then it doesn't happen, and then everybody's... Like, no, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, in the instance of Marie-Julie Janie, to give you a couple of examples, Marie-Julie Janie, uh, in, she fell into ecstasy and lived the passion of our Lord every Friday of every week announced the exact date, exact day, month, and year when Melanie Calva, the visionary of La Salette, would pass away. It happened to sheer precision. The same thing with the Count of Chambord. And the Count of Chambord had an enormous importance in the, third, in the secret of La Salette. And I'll go into that in a moment. The same thing. She pre precisely said that the version mentioned that uh, his uh, grace the Count of Chambord would die on such date, such month, such year. And it happened exactly as predicted. Mm. The version announced through her that there would be a First World War, which would end up in the victory of France and her allies. Exactly what happened. It was unrealistic. Second World War, same thing. Algerian War, same thing. She announced that the day would come when Europe, and particularly France, would be invaded by hordes of immigrants from Northern Africa and the Middle East. Now, do keep in mind the context of, uh, of the time. In 1871, Northern Africa was mostly colonies of France, England, and Egypt, and Egypt, and uh, Italy, beg your pardon. It was totally unrealistic at the time to think that millions of immigrants would come and come to Europe and invade uh, the continent accordingly through millions of, uh, of immigrants. It was unrealistic. It happened to the key. Exactly, and in a time when at the time, it was, it was unrealistic. It was considered sheer gibberish and rubbish. And it today it makes complete sense. Truly. And it's all in the book. I wrote all the list of all her predictions that took place exactly with the precision that history witnesses today. There was Can you no give mistake. The name of the book real quick again. Revelations. The Hidden Secret Messages and Prophecies of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay, good. 
And we'll get that the link to that in the description below for everybody. To go back to the fact, I'm going very quickly. I told you I would because I know we're making a race against the clock. So it sounds very Hollywoodish like, but the details are astonishing. Mm -hmm. To go back to the situation, according to prophecy, there will be a chastisement that will take place that will be translated principally through um, this burning plague. The only cure that will be able to save the faithful or anyone who is ready, willing, and able to lend an ear and do forgive my English pronunciation would be the leaf of the hawthorn. Yes? Is it understandable? Hawthorn. H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N. Hawthorn. Forgive me. I'm being a Frenchman. It gives me a bit of a handicap in this instance. But you understand. Yeah. I love the, your accent. <laughs> but there is more. The version clearly, for Marie-Julie Genie, explains how to prepare this remedy. We are, according to her, to boil, and again, for me, it was extremely difficult to believe, but I'm forced because of restraint of time to go very fast. But we are to put these hawthorn leaves in pot of water that is already boiling to make an infusion of it. You put those leaves of hawthorn in this boiling water, cover them with a cover for 14 minutes, not 13, not 15, 14 minutes. And the witch afterwards, you turn off the fire, take off the pot and put the infusion into a bottle. You can uh, filter it through a coffee filter or some sort of filter of sorts. And you have to consume it or apply and or apply it three times a day until all the symptoms disappear. This will be the only remedy to save the faithful from this ghastly, ghastly uh, disease. Now, it will not save everyone if it's taken too late. It will not save the, uh, the victim. It will simply help eradicate the pain until the person passes away in peace. So this is one amongst many others. There are other remedies which have been brought forth for the Virgin May to Marie-Julie Jeannie. This book aspires and has the ambition to be the foremost book describing the apparitions and the messages brought forth by heaven through Marie-Julie Jeannie, the French stigmatist, whose story is extraordinary. She was a victim soul, a woman who fought the devil, a woman who suffered willingly for the conversion of sinners and who had adored unconditionally the Holy Trinity, the Blessed Virgin Mary, as a mother, the Catholic Church, unconditionally, even when he turned against her for a brief moment. And she received um, miraculous communions, very much like uh, Conchita Gonzalez de Garabandal in Spain. Her story shows nothing more but sheer love and unconditional devotion to the Roman Catholic Church and to the sacraments. Now, she furthermore stated that as a print from God and as a convert, con confirmation of sorts, that truly she was one of God's greatest messenger. Her body will, the day will come when her body will be exhumed and found incorrupt and with a beating heart. This, as far as I'm, I'm aware, only happened once with Saint Joan of Arc when she was executed on the stake of war, twice after that the executioner found her entrails and her heart incorrupt and her heart still beating. This is history. This is not a legend. So it appears that the same promise has been given to Marie-Julie This is 
in record time through a speedy Gonzalez sort of resume, the principal lines of prophecies which are to take place in a very clear future. Then, and we are reaching the end, Rome will be liberated, an angelic pope will be placed on the seat of Peter, the church will be restored to its glory of yesteryears, and then the last chastisement will seal all this period, this era, through what is called the Three Days of Darkness, which as well have been foretold by Saint Padre Pio through two correspondences he wrote to the Vatican in response to an inquiry that was made about it. Mm. Marie-Julie Jani, uh, the visionary of Tilly, even the visionary of La Salette, do discuss the Three Days of Darkness as an event that is to take place that is supposed to purify the world, society, and the church. And from, from where a new renaissance, a new rebirth of a new society, a new world, a new Catholic church will come forth victorious, um, claiming the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is in a very quick, resumed uh, expose, the principal lines of the prophecies brought forth by heaven through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Xavier, do you do you see? You you mentioned that October is the first chapter of the tribulation, and yes. then what you just described there is it is it then to be understood that that's this is the beginning of all of this that you just said would unfold. Yes. Okay. And I mean, and I can understand with with what's going on in Ukraine right now with the war, uh, the volatility of it. And I know before we began to to record this, we talked for we always father and I always said we always get the best podcast before we record. We get a lot of great stuff from our guests, and you said some great things. And one of them was that break this down a bit. This is not a war anymore that is specifically it hasn't been for some time just between Ukraine and Russia. It's a proxy war with you see as with many other nations and NATO and such that are involved. And then there's this what appears to be alliance that is developing between Russia and North Korea, China, Iran. There's there's these sides that seem to be developing. And I'm only relaying what is happening in the news. People can see these reports in the news. This is clearly happening. Do you, do you want to comment on that and how you see that playing into the prophecies? Yes. As we mentioned, I think we began... We I don't think we talked about it openly on video here on the during the recording, but before the recording, and in response to um, Father's uh, very good uh, observation, no time frame has been given. Remarkably enough, through these two messages of our Lord, they mentioned that the years between the year 1883, all these prophecies will start to unfold. It took me, when I was writing this book, uh, Revelations, I really was wondering what on earth did our Lord mean? He could not have meant 1880 to 1883, and certainly not 1980 to 1983. Could it be 2080 to 2083? No. And I'll explain to you why. Because on one of the texts that were mentioned in La Fraudet, the version says that all this will start happening when an English queen will um, stop reigning on the, on the kingdom of England. This is now. And when there will be tensions uh, in the Middle East between uh, Israel, England, and Iran. The words were used between um, England, Palestine, and Persia. At the time, there was no such country 
of Israel and Persia, Iran did not exist as a nation per se. It was known as a region Persia. So this is happening as well today. What's more, in relations with other prophecies, brought forth, for instance, in La Salette, uh, La Froudev, as I said, Marie-Julie mentioned as well other prophecies as extraordinary as, for example, the inv invasion of uh, millions of immigrants from uh, Muslim nations and the Middle East that would come to uh, invade the entire Euro European continent. This, everything, points to the fact that this is the time where which we are living. What's more, Maxime Giraud clearly stated in his letter to the Pope when he reported about the apparition of a lady of La Salette that if man responded well, at best, all of the prophecies of La Salette, which included the destruction of Paris through a Third World War and Marseille, would take place at the latest, at the beginning of the 21st century. The first were not even finished in the first quarter of the first of the 21st century. This is now. But as I mentioned before, uh, I was wondering what on earth was the year 1883 referring to? What year our Lord had to use one particular event or year to use it as a reference to add those 80 and 83 years later? And I thought, my goodness, when I learned of the prophecy of Marie-Julie's body to be one day exhumed and that of a sister to be found incorrupt and her heart beating, I wondered. What would happen if you if I were to add 80 to 1941, which was the year when Marie-Julie Jani passed away? So I did. 1941 plus 80 is 2021. And 1941 plus 83 is 2024. And of parishes around the globe because of a pandemia. What happened in 2022? The unthinkable. The beginning of a mm, conventional war in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine. A war which I regret to say no one is able to see the end of it. What happened in 2023? The war extended and became no longer war between Ukraine and Russia, but a proxy war between NATO and not just Russia, but, but between NATO and an alliance that is today being forged between Russia, Iran, North Korea, and yes, China. So the question remains, what will happen in 2024? According to mystics, men of the cloth, people who have done only good, such as Father Michel Rodrigue, Father Oliveira, who is also a man of the cloth, men that I think just by their status deserve respect. According to them, 2024 will see, starting October of this year, events that will escalate to a, a level of utmost gravity. I know, and I can almost hear some of the comments that uh, some of your auditors uh, will probably make afterwards. I've seen, I read countless one of them. Father Michel has gone through a controversy. Yes, he made a prophecy that a Pope, that the Pope, um, His Holiness, Pope um, Benedict XVI, would pass away after Pope Francis. Father Oliveira is a known, he's a, has a, he lives under a pseudonym. I understand and I think that gives him credibility. The matter with Father Michel Rodrigue has been cleared. 
he explained himself, and shame on those who attacked him before giving him a chance to explain himself, for it is a contradiction in our fate to do so. But I was myself quite surprised at the very beginning when this controversy took place of the animosity, the sheer harshness with which Father Michel, uh, who was not given ever a chance to explain why did he prophesy something that didn't happen, the sheer lack of charity, which Rome used, loves to use ever so much, charity, charity, charity. Where was the charity for Father Michel Rodrigue when this event took place? Did uh, those who made themselves judge, jury and executioner give him a chance to apply this charity that the Catholic Church preaches so much for? We finally, thanks to John Henry Weston, gave Father Michel a chance to explain himself, and he did. Hmm. Very much like Maximin Giraud, he clear, who clearly stated to the Pope, if humanity responds well, these events will be de detained or postponed, like in Fatima when the Virgin used to say in the conditional tense, if mankind does not return to my son, then a second world war will take place, then Russia will spread her errors. Father Michel was as well told that this event will take place unless people would change and convert in time. Father Michel Rodrigue, when these events were declared in the year 2019-2020, appeared on YouTube before millions of viewers throughout the planet. Imagine how many of those people, how many women, men, even children, prayed for the for the holy for the safety of the Holy Father, uh, whether it is Benedict XVI or Francis. This event have changed, and martyrdom has been taken away from Benedict XVI. Thank God. When uh, Father Michel Rodrigue, on the 28th of December of the year 2020, received this a message while celebrating Mass, he rejoiced. He never thought for one moment, as he explained in the John Henry Weston show, that people would fall on him and would condemn him for the unforgivable crime, indeed, of having uh, predicted something that didn't happen. I wonder what would have happened to Jonas, my goodness, hmm. when he announced that Nineveh would be wiped out because it was established. It was established. Ask any theologian that is of worthy renown to whether that is true or not. Nineveh had been condemned because of the sin of its people, citizens, and king, and yet it had been spared before the last minute's conversion. Mm. The same thing can be said for La Salette, the same thing can be said for Father Michel Rodrigue. Again, as far as men of the cloth are concerned, there are men, like you and I, they make mistakes, they commit errors. I do not believe for one moment that Father Michel committed an error. He repeated faithfully what he was told. But the fact of the matter, that he's a man of the cloth, that he has done ever so much good to so many faithful who were in distress, particularly those who had problems with homes that were possessed or inhabited, or people who had obsessions or possessions, Remember the only criteria that our Lord has given while he was walking on the earth 2,000 years ago, which would help mankind to discern the truth from the untruth. And the, the only criteria was this, judge always the tree by the fruits it carries. Right. I submit to you that Father Michel's fruits are nothing but exemplary and admirable. Well, Xavier, thank you so much. Our, our time is up. This is a lot to digest, uh, but it's amazing information. Um, and again, uh, 
we want to be careful not to predict exact dates or anything like that. Uh, but I think, you know, that the call is this, let's convert. And like we said right in the beginning of our podcast tonight, that um, conversion starts with us. You know, the, the, that empty religiosity that can get in if we're careful. Um, you know, we, we need to humble ourselves before the Lord, open ourselves up uh, in great love to the Lord, uh, want to please him in every way possible, and 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 call others to conversion by the joy that they see in our face, the love that they receive from our hearts, and uh, and let's let's uh, let's pray for that conversion. Uh, again, we're going to pray in a mighty way on October seventh, first Saturday of the month, um, and uh, as a as a nation, and I think as a world too, we have people from around the world praying with us. And please pray for us, and let's let's keep hope alive. Okay. All right. Father, can I, real quick, Father, I just want to say something to the audience. Um, you know, we've brought several podcasts lately um, that have had some very challenging, you know, messages. We had Mark Mallet on a few weeks ago, and we discussed skepticism and prophecy. Um, and he made it very clear what St. Paul says, that prophecy should not be despised, but it needed to be looked at, considered. Of course, you got to test it, and then you, you keep what is good. And, right. and Xavier, what you've done tonight, I think, is bring some very, very deep and powerful insight into some very powerful approved, especially like La Salette, the details of La Salette. I believe many people, you know, we hear about Fatima a lot. That's a very popular one. But La Salette, I think people misunderstand how important that message that came at that time was. The fact that one of the predominant images of La Salette is the Blessed Mother with her face and her hands weeping says something right there that this is a very serious warning for the world um and that was well over 100 what 150 or so years over 150 years ago by now um to see things unfold as they have um i just think that you you brought a lot of that to light that we have to have a sense of maturity and responsibility to deeply prayerfully consider and not with drama and sensationalism but you very clearly laid out some some powerful points here uh, for us to be looking at. Um, and I, I want to give you a second to comment, but I'd say this too, uh, to everybody listening or watching right now, look at the signs of the times and look what we just went through with the whole last three or so years of the manipulation through the pandemic and all of the lies that came out later. And I think what you said was so powerful. I know, Father, you and I have talked about this many times in the podcast, that, that, that bishops were forbidding priests from even giving last rites to people that were dying. That we've had the, the most amazingly, um, I'll say, twisted behavior in our country, in our world, regarding even, even issues about, about mutilation of the human body based on gender ideologies and, and, and you know what I think I need to be and puberty blockers for kids and, and just the unbelievable abuse of all of it. All of these things going on right now are very obvious signs of the times, including the war looks very, very dangerous and very, um, you know, a tinderbox that could that could burn at any moment. But I, I think what you've brought, the audience, all of this needs to, we, we need to not discount things. We need to prayerfully look at this. Obviously, you've got information and knowledge that the average person just has not looked into. So it's it's hard to discount anything that you say, honestly, because you've studied this. And there's a lot to it that I really, I pulled up this Marie Julia Jehenny here on my other monitor as you were talking and amazing images of her and just reading some of the quick uh, quotes about her. That's a phenomenal story that people need to look into. 
um, to really get a better grasp of what you've said here. Um, Xavier, your comment? Yes, I want to say the following, and I find absolutely no pleasure in saying so. Hmm. But today, uh, the Catholic Church is living, I would say, a civil war of sorts. No? When today uh, we see the Church re, um, reinstitute uh, priests who were defrocked, uh, excommunicated, no? while they are martyrizing bishops, I'm referring to that of the Bishop of Tyre, um, His Excellency Bishop um, Strickland, no? when you see people like um, Bishop Fernandez, who was the ex-bishop emeritus of Las Platas in Argentina, who wrote this ever so remarkable book on the art of kissing, a book which has strictly forbidden my young teenage children to read, no? the contradictions that are taking place. Despite it all, despite um, <laughs> the events that took place with the uh, Pachamama, no? um, in on holy grounds, uh, complicity of what some people say, complicity of idolatry, and so on and so forth. We must remain pr to pray, faithful to the church. We must continue to pray for the Pope. Mm -hmm. John Henry Weston said, in his case, he prays for his conversion. Mm. For errors that people make, we have to pray. Yes, even for our enemies. I don't say that the Catholic Church is an enemy, not at all. But we must not leave the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church must be seen as a sea vessel of sorts. So in this civil war we are all involved in, where we see the Catholic Church being literally attacked from within. Those are not my words, but those of uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, future Pope Benedict XVI. We must continue to remain firm in the faith. And... Um, the day will come when the liturgy, and this comes from uh, Father Ripperger, the famous American exorcist, when uh, the liturgy will be placed into question, and which uh, will be only the uh, beginning of a new uh, church, a false church that will spread from, which was also foreseen by mystic Emmerich. A false church which under the name of um, Catholicism, which means universality, will call all those uh, faithful who believe in one God to pray the same God under one single faith. And when the liturgy of, um, of communion, when the Eucharist will no longer be truly properly consecrated, will no longer be the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, that will be a moment of the utmost gravity. This has been foretold also by Marie-Julie Jeanne and by others. So, as you, as you and Father said, we must remain, I think, extremely cold-headed, mm -hmm. extremely calm. We must remain at the feet of the cross, remain faithful, convert the way the Virgin Mary said, or rather, the way heaven asks through the Virgin Mary by reading and leaving the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Gospels, by going to confession once a month, and by believing truly that the Holy Eucharist is the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to receive him, if you cannot do it every day, every Sunday, it's imperative. Properly prepared. There is a lot more. I know we're making a race against the clock. You've been extremely patient yeah, <laughs> with my goodness. No, Xavier, I, I just want to end with this. I keep looking at that beautiful image of the Blessed Mother behind you. And yes, reminded constantly by that beautiful image that she's our mom. Mm -hmm. And she's a tender mom. And she wants her children to be happy 
and to be loved and to to live uh, a full life in God's peace uh, and joy. And, uh, and I just want to end again just by reiterating, when we're talking about the call for conversion, let's look into our own hearts, mm -hmm. okay? And let's ask ourselves, is God my everything? Is God my everything? That, that I need to be with him as much as I can, that I need to listen to him, that I need to serve him, that I need to do everything that I can. And you just said it too, because uh, we've been using this um, to try to get us to that place. Let's unite at the foot of the cross. Let's unite with our Blessed Mother at the foot of the cross. And so the call to conversion begins in our own heart. Let's look seriously. Uh, is it an empty religiosity in any way, shape, or form? Or is it that love that says, I want to please you and I love you so much? And so let's uh, ask God for that conversion for ourselves. Xavier, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, I'll just close with a prayer, okay? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We do pray for a Holy Spirit revival. We pray for conversion in the land, conversion beginning in our own churches, our own Catholic churches, so that that light may become bright and attract many more souls to the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome, Xavier. Xavier. Thank Thanks you so much, Xavier. It is a real pleasure to have you on. Hope to have yeah. you back again soon. Yes, thank you very much. much.